0: Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Beginning in verse 12, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi, chapter 2, verse 12. He says, Therefore, my dear friends, In the sky, as you hold firmly the word of life, and then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Verse 19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I may also be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, but not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy, he's proved himself because as a son with a father, he served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send them as soon as I can, as soon as we see how things will go with me, he's saying, and I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. He's saying, I, I hope to send Timothy to you soon. There's no one like Timothy. I love Timothy, but first, uh, let's see how things go out for me. Remember, he's in prison. He doesn't know if they're about to execute him, and he says, as soon as things, we find out how things are going to go here, I'll send Timothy, and hopefully, I'll go as well. Let's finish off chapter two, and And we'll stop there. Beginning in verse 25, he says, But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus. Again, if you're pregnant, having a child, that's a great name. My brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and he almost died, but God had mercy on him, not only on him, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send them so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with what? Great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, he risked his life to make up the help for you, for the help that you yourselves could not give me. I love how chapter two ends. I think a lot of times we can read uh, passages like this in the Bible, and it sounds like. Kind of like a personal note just to a church that he, know, that he knows. And we can kind of skip over it and, and I'll see that there's gold in every verse, in every passage, in every letter in the word of God. It is Holy Spirit inspired. And I believe that out of these uh, verses today, we can lean in and see what God wants to tell us. And out of these verses, I want to share a message with you. If you're taking down notes, I want you to write this down. I've titled it, Workout and and Bright Stars. I was going to call it Shine Bright, but we changed it. Workouts... And bright stars. Somebody say, work out. Bright stars. Work out and bright stars. If you're here for the first or second time, we're glad that you're in the house with us. And we believe that it's not coincidence that you came here. We believe it is God himself who brought you. And I believe God loves you more than you could imagine. And I believe that if you just lean in a little bit and try to see what God wants to tell you today, you'll walk away from here knowing there's a God that is for you and that a God that is on your side. Even if you don't believe in him, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. You just stick around a little bit closer. You're always welcome here. You don't have to believe to belong. Uh, But the more you hang out with us, the more you're going to see there is a God who's real. There is a God who created you. There is a God who's waiting for you with arms open wide. Amen. Come on, why don't we bow our head, close our eyes, and let's ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you. We love you. For everything that you're doing, everything that you've done, everything that you will do. God, thank you uh, for this beautiful day in sunny Miami, Florida. God, thank you for this church, this community. Thank you for every single person on our dream team, God, from the host team to the sound media, a kids ministry cafe. Thank you for everybody out in the parking lot. Thank you for the youth that are doing the car wash outside right now. God, thank you that you're doing something beautiful in this community. Continue to work in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. I pray that today you may give life to those... That are weak. I pray that today you may strengthen those that are in need. I pray that your grace will always be here, that people may know there's a God who loves them and a God who has a plan for their life. We thank you for today, God, and we pray that uh, this year uh, LeBron James will lose and Kevin Durant will get his first ring. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Amen. Come on, all God's people say. Amen. 11 a.m., can you give God a big shout one more time? Come on. Has anybody here ever ever worked out in a group setting? In a group setting, I'm talking about 10, 15, 20 people. Let me see. Anybody at 11 a.m. don't like working out. You just don't want to work out. <laughs> Few people. Okay. Yeah, we're all in this together. But. Um, Anybody, you know, you, there's some workouts that you do with a class. You do it, you know, a few people. For example, there's, there's uh, gyms like Orange Theory where you go and, and it's a classroom setting. It's a few people working out together. There's, there's uh, spinning classes. Anybody in here, you enjoy spinning? Spinning. Let me see. Spinning spinners at 11 a.m. Spinners. Wow. Hedda, you're a spinner. I didn't know that. Spinners. <laughs> Pray for spinners. That, that's insane. Um. CrossFit, anybody heard CrossFit? CrossFit, as we know here at this church, CrossFit is from the devil. It is from Satan himself. That came straight out of hell. But um, working in groups, I I think it has its positives and its negatives, right? Like I think working out in groups, it's good in a way, in a sense, because you are working out with a class. And and you you can look around the class and you can say, my God, if he can do it, I can do it too, Right? Like, like, if you've been to any of these classes, you will look around, and there's moments where you feel like you are going to die, you are going to pass out, you have no more life left, you're, you're like, I'm about to see Jesus face to face, but you look across the class, and there is this one person that you thought couldn't, and they are just crushing everything, and you're like, my God, I got to keep going, I got to keep going. If they can do it, I can do it too, but but one of these class settings, I think a, a negative side of it is that you can tell who the people are that slack off, that, that can be a little bit lazy, or uh, we like to call them cheaters, because uh, the trainer is walking around the class, uh, walking around the auditorium, if it's Orange Theory, if it's CrossFit, walking around hell, and um, <laughs> And sometimes, (laughs) and the box, (laughs) the box from hell. And uh, and, uh, sometimes when the trainer goes to the other side, have you ever looked around and noticed that some people tend to slack off a little bit? I remember being in a class and the trainer goes, hey, you're going to do 30 push-ups, 30 pull-ups. Like, I got this. This is easy. I've I've done several of them, as you can tell. Um, Arlene laughed a little too loud, and that's not cool used to it, <laughs> and uh, I remember the guy next to me, he, he was doing his push-ups, and he got to 15. The trainer was walking around the classroom, went to the other side of the gym, and I'm crushing these things. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing to me. Uh, all glory to him, and uh, he's just doing these things. He got to 15. All of a sudden, he's like 15, and he took a break when he was down on the floor, and all of a sudden, the trainer started coming back around. He's like 25, 26. <laughs> like, bro, are you serious? Like, what in the world? It's easy to slack off, When the coach isn't around. You know, church, I think in the same way, it is easy to be passive about our faith when no one else is around. It is easy to be passive about what we believe in when we are by ourselves. Oh, come on. How many know it's easy to be a Christian on a Sunday morning? It's easy to be a Christian when we walk into a setting like this, and we're like, my God, this is the day that God has made. I will be glad and rejoicing, and we walk in here, and we have an amazing spirit, and my God, everything's going amazing, and we're singing, you made a way where there was no way, hey, hey, we're singing it out. (laughs) All him. And, uh, and, uh. And we, we can, how many know, it's easy to have faith in a corporate setting. It's easy. I mean, that's some of the reason why we do it. We get together so that you can be encouraged. If our faith is down, we can step in here and say, my God, God is for me. He can do it again. I believe it. But, but how many know that when you are by yourself and all hell is breaking loose against you and all of his demons, it is hard sometimes to trust in God. It is hard sometimes to have faith and believe that God can do it again when you are by yourself. Uh, all of a sudden, everything's going wrong. It seems like everything is going against you, and we can become passive and lay back and not, be, not begin to proclaim the same things we were just proclaiming Sunday morning. And all of a sudden, we're by ourselves, whether you're at your house or in the car. In the Palmetto Expressway, the beautiful Palmetto Expressway that Miami has, somebody cuts us off and you're having a bad day, you're by yourself, it's easy to say a word that's not found in the Bible. It's hard. But I don't know about you, I'm thankful that we have a faith that does not just work on a Sunday morning, but it also works on a Monday afternoon. It also works in the middle of the week on a Wednesday. It also works on a Thursday when it seems like there is no money. When it seems like there is no way out. When it seems like I can't make it. My faith it works. It is alive because my faith is in Jesus. It's not in a bank account. It's not in a position. It's not in a status. It's in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, I wish were somebody that's glad that they have faith, and it's an active faith, it's a faith that works. Somebody say, faith works. faith works. We have a faith that works no matter what day or what time it is. It is an active faith. It's not just on a Sunday morning. It works in the middle of the week when you feel like you're not going to make it. We have a faith that works. It is an awesome faith. It is a a powerful faith. It is a faith that works in the day and in the night. It is a faith that works in good weather or bad weather. It's a faith that works whether you're free or in bondage. It is a faith that works when it's raining or when it's sunny. It's a faith that works whether you're up or you're down. It is a faith that works whether you believe or not. It is a faith. Oh, come on. I wish somebody at 11 a.m. really said, I thank God for my faith. This is what we are standing on. It is a solid faith. It is a real faith. It is a faith that we live by, and it is so real. You don't need people around you to have this faith. It's a relationship with you and God. You have to continue to believe even when no one is around you. Even when we're by ourselves. This is what Paul is trying to tell the church in Philippi. This is the Apostle Paul, the passionate preacher. And he's writing a thank you letter to the church who just sent him a financial gift. If you haven't been with us for the past few weeks, we've been studying this letter. And this is Paul. He started a bunch of churches. Now he's sitting in Rome in prison. And this church sends him a financial gift. They send him a love offering. He's so overwhelmed, he sends a thank you letter to them. And and he just finished telling them to be humble like Jesus was at the beginning of chapter 2. We talked about this last week. He's saying Jesus was humble. And uh, church, I want you to come down off the social ladder and begin to serve one another. And all of a sudden now uh, toward the middle of chapter 2 he begins to say, and I want you to continue to work out the faith. I want you to continue to to work out. Somebody say "work work out. Because I want you to continue whether I'm there or not there. Whether I'm in person or whether I'm absent, I want you to continue to work out because it is God who gives you the will and the desire inside of you. If you're going to have joy in your life, number one, write this down. you got to work out because God is always working in. you got to work out because God, he's always working in. Paul says, I want you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, a lot of people have misinterpreted this passage. They say, wait a minute. Alex, listen to what Paul is saying here. He's saying I have to work for my salvation with fear and trembling. No, if we go back and read it, he doesn't say work for your salvation. He says work out your salvation. How many know that our salvation, we can't earn it? There's nothing that we can do to deserve it. There's nothing that we can do to get close to God. In fact, when we were dead in our sin, when we were away from God, we couldn't get to him, but he came down to us. Salvation is a free gift from God, no matter how good or bad you are. Everybody in here is eligible because all of us are at the foot of the cross, leveled. Grace is a free gift from God. You can't work for your salvation. Oh, I'm a good person. I should be saved because I help people cross the street, and I'm a nice person. You can't, you can't earn salvation. He's not saying work for salvation. What he is saying is work out your salvation. What he means here is this. This is a, in the Greek. It's a mining phrase. It's what miners used to say. People used to go down into caves, and they used to mine out different things. For example, a miner doesn't put treasures. Coal, carbon underneath the earth this is where we get, uh, you know, pearls and where we get uh, gems and where we get treasures out and where we get diamonds from. We didn't do anything to put it in the earth. God put it. But miners go in and they dig it out. The Bible says that when we get saved, he seals us with the Holy Spirit in our heart. It says all of a sudden we have a a holy calling and a a royal priesthood. It says that you are now sanctified, set apart. You are holy. It says that he has deposited a gift and a seed inside of you. But it is up to us to dig it out. You have to work out the salvation that is inside of you. You got to work out because God is always working in something. Charles Spurgeon, the great late preacher of the 1800s, says you got to work out because God is always working in. You got to work it out because God, he's always, God has deposited things inside of people in this auditorium, in the overflow, listening on the radio or online. You have a gift. You have a talent. There's something that God has deposited on you. It's a Holy Spirit. It's an anointing. It's a powerful gift. But you got to work it out. It doesn't come by being lazy. It doesn't come by sitting on a couch. It doesn't come by just relaxing. It comes by saying, my God, I want to know this, Jesus. I want to bring out the Holy Spirit, the power and the gifts that come on the inside. You got to work out. Somebody say work out. You got to work it out. There's gifts inside of you. There's talents inside of you, but you got to work it out. You got to know this and you got to note this down. Nobody can walk with God for you. Nobody can do the work for you. You got to do it yourself. Alex, I I want to be a better believer. Alex, I, I want to be a better Christian. I want to know Jesus better. I want to be a leader. Maybe one day a pastor. Well, you got to do some work. You got to get up early in the morning, grab your Bible, do some reading. You got to put on some worship. You got to start praying. Alex, I want to be pure until the day I get married. Alex, I want to be holy. I want to keep myself to God until the day I find my husband. Well, you might have to break up with that boyfriend that all he wants to do is sleep around with you. Alex, I want to be a good employee. Well, you might have to get to the office a little bit earlier, be a little bit more responsible, be a little bit more organized. You got to work out what's already in you. It's not working for salvation, but it's working out the salvation. There's something inside of you that God has a part. He says, he's telling the church, I want you to work out with fear and trembling. Oh, we should be scared of God. That's what it means. No, it means continue to work out your salvation with reverence, respect, worship to this awesome God that we serve. Don't take it lightly. We have an awesome God. He's saying you have an awesome God, church. Do it with respect, with reverence. Work out what God has already put in you. Whether I'm there or not there, I want you to continue to work. He says, because God is working in you. That's for somebody here this morning. God is working in you. God is for you, and God is with you. At times, though, it seems like God may have forgotten about you. At times, though, it may seem like God has abandoned you. Here, Paul is saying, I want you to know, if you have a desire, an inclination inside of you that says, man, I'm a little bit. Have you ever been dissatisfied in your spirit? Like, have you ever been like... Man, this, this past week or two, I, I haven't really read my Bible. I, I, I haven't really been, been worshiping. I, I miss church. I miss Connect Group. And, man, I, I just feel like, oh, uh, have you ever felt a spiritual dissatisfaction? Paul says that is, that is God who is putting the will and the desire inside of you. It is only because of God that we, we can obey him to begin with. He says God is at work on the inside of you. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Alex, God has abandoned me. God has forgotten me. I want to tell you, God is always at work in you. You can work it out because God is always working in. God doesn't stop. He's not on the clock. He doesn't stop at midnight and says, I'll see you at 7 o'clock in the morning. God is always at work. He's the one that watches over us. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He's working on you. He's trying to do something powerful with your life. He has a purpose and a calling. Oh, come on, I'm glad that God never forgot me, that he has his eye on me. Oh, come on, if he watches for the sparrow, he watches over my life. God is working on the inside of you. You can work it out because God is working in you. He says, I want you to work out what God is doing on the inside of you. I really believe this isn't just for Philippi. God is doing something with the people of Calvary here in Miami. I believe me, God is doing something on the inside of this community, of this church. And I, I pray that we would work out what God is doing in. He says, get down, get off the the social ladder. Get get down and serve somebody, but you're going to have to do some work to get off the social ladder. You're going to have to get down on your knees and grab a towel and wash some feet is what Paul was saying right before this. But it takes some work. You know what? I I may sign up to be a greeter. I may sign up to be in the parking. I may sign up to do something, but it's going to take some work. Work out what God is already doing on the inside. Look at verse 14, Philippians chapter 2. Verse 14, I believe it's 14. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. <laughs> 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 do everything without grumbling or arguing. You ever met somebody that all they do is grumble and argue? Yeah. <laughs> he says, I want you to work out your salvation, but don't do it grumbling and arguing. Hey, well, love, if some people from church can join dream team. In fact, my prayer is that all of us will be part of the dream team. There he goes again, asking again, oh, my God. What are they going to ask for next? Hey, our youth are out there, and uh, I know you're already gay, but if you can't bless a youth out there to go to camp. There he goes, asking again to give. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you, hey, it would be great if you can join the host team. Oh, my God, this church, all they do is ask, ask, ask. Oh, my God, this is terrible. This, grumbling and arguing. He says, don't do that. Don't do that because I want you to shine bright like the stars in the sky, he says. I, I'll write this down, point number two. Grumbling darkens, gratitude shines. Grumbling darkens, gratitude shines. Have you ever been around somebody that all they do is complain, complain, complain? You ever been around somebody that all they do is grumble and argue? Maybe it's you, and that's why you don't want to say it, but... (laughs) Everything, all they do is complain. They wake up in the morning, they're in a bad mood. By lunch, they can't even stand the lunch they had. They don't like the food they have, they don't like the wife they have, they don't like the kids they have. All they do is grumble and complain. Here we go to church again. There's no parking. Oh my god, it's always cold. I should bring a sweater. In fact, I should bring a scarf. I don't even know why we come to this church. It is so tight. I don't like it. The lights are too bright, the songs are too loud. I don't know. I don't like it, but yet I still come. Oh my god, they're asking me to serve on the team. Jesus, all I do is grumble, grumble, grumble. He says, Stop grumbling. Grumbling darkens. He says, I want you to do it without grumbling and arguing so you can shine bright like the stars in the sky. Have you ever been around somebody that has a grateful heart? They will brighten up your day. My goodness, this is the day that the Lord has made. It is raining. There's a thunderstorm outside. I know, and God made the rain. I love it. This is a good day. Oh my God! You know, the youth—they were washing my car. They scratched it, but I love the youth. It is a good day in church. It's a little cold, but come on up. They will brighten up your day. All of a sudden, you're around. all of a sudden you're around somebody like that, and you're like, "This is the day the Lord has made." Being grateful will actually brighten up our witness to somebody else. Like, I don't know about you, but I, would, I don't want to go to church. About to, already? We've been having a good time. You can't mess it up. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. No grumbling. <laughs> I will not go to church with somebody that all they do is complain. Like, imagine I go to work, and somebody at work is like, hey, you we have these little cars. They say you belong here. By the way, you can pick them up in the lobby. Uh, you should come to my church. Okay, when? When is the church? These people don't. They, I don't even know. They, they might add another five services. 1, one, seven. From uh, Kendall and downtown. By the way, parking is horrible. Don't go. I'm the same. <laughs> If you go, go to the 9 a.m. 11 a.m. is horrible. you got to stand in line, and it's packed. Oh, my God, it is cold, so make sure you bring a jacket. It's, I mean, it's, oh, my God. I, they might say something about a dream team. Just ignore that. Don't pay attention. Oh, my God, but, but you're welcome to come. You're not going to go to that church. like. You're not really bright, but you get around somebody that says, hey, man, I don't know what you're doing this Sunday. Uh, but I think you should change plans and come with me. My church is the best. It's a little bit packed, but it's actually awesome because people are getting saved. Marriages have been fixed. People have been healed. And we're a little bit cramped, but we're believing for a bigger building. And it's a little bit tight in the parking, but we enjoy it. We're family. We're in this thing together. You should come. You're going to love it. Bring a family member. I'll save you a seat. If you don't get there on time, the whole team, they give it up, but I'll save you another one. It don't matter. It's going to be an amazing time. It gets a little cold. If you don't bring a jacket, I got a jacket for you. It's going to be amazing. My God, I want to go to your church. Because grumbling darkens, but gratitude shines. And Paul says, I want you to shine like the stars in the sky. I want you to shine. He goes, I want you to, remember, he was talking about humbling before, humbling ourselves before. And now he's saying, I want you to continue to do work, continue to work out because God is working in. And if you do that, you will shine bright like the stars in the sky. Then you'll be a powerful witness, he says. All of a sudden, you'll stand out holding on to the word of life. He says, don't get caught up in this crooked and perverse generation. In other words, what he's saying is, be a ship in the ocean, but don't let the ocean get in the ship. Because it is great if you're a ship out in the ocean, but as soon as the water gets in the boat, you're going under. He's said, to continue to shine bright, but be careful that you don't get entangled with stuff that's going on on the outside and it actually dims your light. At church, we're the type of church, Calvary, that we will reach anybody, anywhere. But we're very careful for the ocean not to get into the ship. Because it can't happen. Oh, we're bringers. Every Sunday, all of us, we hope to always bring a visitor. All of us, we want to bring a visitor every Sunday. Two, three. And we will go the distance. I love what Pastor Craig Rochelle says. He says we will do everything short of sin to reach people. But the minute we get sin inside, we got to be careful. Paul is saying don't get caught up. Be blameless. Be pure. Shine bright. And then he starts talking about Timothy. He says, oh, like, Timothy, I got two bright stars I want to talk to you about really quick. He says, Timothy, he's awesome. I hope and I pray that I can send Timothy to you really soon, he says. I think it's beginning in verse 19, if I'm not mistaken. He says this. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. Verse 20. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. He says, for everyone looks out for their own interests, but not those in Jesus Christ. He says, Timothy, oh, my God, wait till you meet Timothy. He, he, he's awesome. Little Timmy, I love him. He's, he's awesome. There's nobody like Timothy. Remember, Paul picked him up along the way. and He became a student, a protege of Paul. Paul taught him everything that he did. Paul mentored him. Paul had him by his side. And he says, wait till you meet Timothy. I hope to send him to you soon. Because Timothy, he has a genuine concern for everybody else. And Timothy's not a type of person that looks out for his in, own interest. He looks out for the interest of others, he says. Whoa. That, if I want to shine bright, if I'm going to work out what God is." working in, that I have to understand that, number three, write this down, a selfless life produces a soulful life. Timothy, he says, I have no one else like Timothy. I love Timothy. Now, I think that's a little bit of good news, but it's also a little bit of bad news. Because if I was part of the church in Philippi, or if I was part of the church in Rome that had just started, and I received this letter, and Paul says... I have no one else like Timothy. Maybe it's pride, and maybe I gotta humble myself, but I'll be like, Paul, what about what, what about what about me? You have no one like Timothy. That means around Paul there was no one else that had interest in other people like Timothy. Imagine if the church in Rome and the church in Philippi was full of Timothy's. My God, imagine if the church in Miami was full of Timothy's. People who who had not self-interest, but they actually put the interest of others before them. How many know that's a difficult thing to do? It's easy to talk about it. We can get together on a Sunday and talk about, hey, put somebody else's interest above yours. and God bless you. Have an awesome day. It's hard to do. Even in the little things, it's hard to do. I have a friend and every single time we're in the car together he has a specific type of music that he likes to listen to and I have my type of music that I like to listen to. I like to listen to Christian hymn secular, I'm just kidding. Um, But uh, he's always wanting to put his own music on the radio, and uh, I I don't like the type of music he puts, Um, and so it's very hard for me to sit in the car by myself with this kind of music on, and it's just like rock or something, I don't like that music, I don't know, just put something else that I like. But it's my interest above your interest. And he likes his music, and so we're always fighting over the radio. Has that ever happened to you? You ever tried putting on the TV to a certain channel that you like, but your wife, your spouse, your kids, they want to see something else? And that's just the little things. And, Dad, can we, can we watch something else? No, I'm watching this. God bless you. <laughs> it's easy to say, look out for somebody else's interest, but as soon as they touch your interest, it's like, whoa, but that's, that's what I'm interested in. He says, Timothy, he looks out for the interest of others. Timothy, he has a genuine concern for you. I love Timothy. Let's be people that have a genuine concern for somebody else. That we live our lives saying, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't get along with nobody. No, I want to get along with other people. I want to be considerate. You know what the church needs? More considerate people. So we'll be a better witness around our city. Let's be considerate of other people. Let, let's think about what people are going through. Let's think about what they're facing. Consider other people's interests above ours. Work that out in your life, Paul is saying. Timothy, I'm going to send him to you. There's nobody like him, but before I send Timothy, he says, i want to send Epaphroditus to you. My God, he even has an awesome name, Epaphroditus. Oh, Epaphroditus, he was awesome. Paul has been blessed by Epaphroditus because what Epaphroditus did Really, nobody else would do. Remember, Paul was in jail in Rome, and the church in Philippi, they heard this news. They're like, oh, my God, did you hear the news? It came out on TMZ. They arrested Paul, and he's sitting in prison. He's in this Roman prison, and what do we do? In prison. They have no money. They go hungry, and the Roman guards don't really care about them, so let's do something. Let's all huddle together, and let's send Paul a financial gift. Let's send him a love offering. Who's in? The whole church said, hey, we're in. Probably Lydia was there. Remember, she was the one that sold purple cloth. And remember the slave girl, she was there too. And probably the jailer and his whole family that got saved. And they're like, hey, we'll, we'll all pitch in. Everybody pitched in to send Paul a love offering. But, but, but Paul was very far away. From Philippi to Rome, it was 800 miles. And in this times, there was no, hey, let me just wire it to you. Hey, I'll send it to you via an app like we do nowadays. I'll send it to you through mail or... No, um, somebody had to walk the distance of 800 miles. If you were very well financially off, you could maybe grab a horse and travel 800 miles, but still this would take days and days to get to Rome. And when they said, who would like to send this to Paul? Anybody that would like to deliver this. It might take a couple of weeks. and In fact, you might have to stay with him a couple of weeks. So we're talking about maybe months leaving your family, your home, your comfort to go take this to Paul. Are there any volunteers, anybody part of the dream team that would love to volunteer to this? And uh, Epaphroditus was there, and Epaphroditus is like, I'll I'll do it. Hey, send me. I'll go. I'll take the love offering to Paul. Okay, it's it's 800 miles. Um, We'll pray for your safety. Uh, We don't know what would happen along the way. To us, it may sound easy. We have cars. We get around around easily. Like, come on, we'll get in our car and travel 800 miles like nothing. But to them, it was risking. Paul says he risked his life to bring me this. In fact, the Greek term that he uses is that he gambled his life. It's a gambling term. Because he didn't know if he would live or die. This was a serious task to take the money to Paul. He gambled his life so that he would serve. Not Paul. At the end of the day, Epaphroditus was serving Jesus. What happened to Epaphroditus? He took off. Maybe he had a horse, a donkey, or maybe on his Air Max sandals, and he just took off to Rome. (laughs) On the way to Rome, Epaphroditus got sick. In fact, the Bible says he got sick to the point of death. A lot of scholars believe that what he got was this fever that was going around Rome called Roman fever that killed thousands of people at a time. Epaphroditus became sick and ill he risked his life so that he would further advance the kingdom of God I think what the church needs is not people to say hey I'm all about my safety I'm all about my security I'm all about my comfort I know you talk about the dream team I know you talk about serving I know we talk about pushing the church further what we need is people to say hey I'll be a greeter I'll wash some cars, I'll open a door, I'll go the distance, I'll travel to Windward, I'll be part of the city campus, I'll open Homestead, I'll go to Doral, I'll go to Miami Beach, I'll go to Hialeah, I'm here to advance the kingdom of God through the good and the bad. Because fourth and lastly, we have to realize that service should always be better than security. In our personal comfort, in our personal world, It's easy to sit back and say, hey, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy my family. You don't understand is that right now I got kids and it takes a little bit of time. I can't give too much time. Right now I got grandkids. So, you know, that's even better. I mean, you know, they're mine, but they're not mine. I give them back. It's awesome. And and right now my life, I can't really serve. I can't really give too much. I can't really sacrifice. Paul is saying, you want to shine bright? Look at Timothy and then look at Epaphroditus. It almost cost him his life. But Jesus was greater than his life. Serving the king was greater than his life. Come on, church. And we're going to make a difference. We got to work. Work out and shine bright. Come on, let's be bright stars in the middle of darkness. I wonder if God is calling somebody this morning to say, I want you to take a leap of faith, and I want you to trust me. I don't know if it's walking 800 miles. I don't know if God is calling you to, to be a missionary. Or maybe God is calling you to join a connect group. I know it's dangerous, like walking 800 miles. But maybe God is calling you to be part of a team. Maybe God is calling you to obey him for that ministry, that calling that he put inside your heart. I believe that there's people in here that God has put gold inside of you. There's a gift. There's an anointing. There's a ministry inside of you. And if you begin to work out what God put in you, you will will shine so bright. And it takes a bunch of people to say, send me, I'll go. Where do we need help in? We need help in parking? Send me, I'll go. Where do we need help in greeters? Send me, I'll go. Where do we need help? I'll I'll go to the nursing home outreach with Paul. Send me, I'll go. Oh, we're going into prisons? Send me. I'll go. I'll go to the prisons. Oh, the juvenile detention centers with Mo and George? I'll go. I'll count me in. Oh, what are we doing? We're going to go feed the homeless? Count me. I'll go. What we need is a bunch of people to say, you know what? Enough with comfort. Enough with security. Enough with sitting still. It's time to advance the kingdom of God forward. I want to shine bright. I want to be a bright star, and I want to tell this world about Jesus. Oh, come on. It is always service above security. It is always Jesus above this earthly life. It is always serving him and him alone. Come on church why don't you get up on your feet all over this auditorium why don't we just close our eyes and bow our head really quick I wonder maybe God is calling some people in here or in the overflow online or on the radio and God is calling you to take this next step of faith serve him with all you got say oh, I want to be one of those who works out what God has worked in. I'll give my life for this I'll give my life for what God has done for me I'm pretty sure Epaphroditus he he thought about it and he said how can how can this even compare to what Jesus did for me I walked the 800 miles my, my Savior walked with the cross on his back while they were hitting him and spitting on him and ripping off his beard 800 miles I'll do that oh I'll take the financial gift to Paul Oh, I'll do it. Of course I'll do it. Do you know what Jesus did for me? He freed me. He saved me. Oh, I was bound and he set me free. I was dead and he made me alive. And I'll do it. I'll do it. You know what it is, church? We haven't really found what living is until we found something worth dying for. Paphroditus said, I'll lay down my life. I think there's some people here that God is calling you to take that next step. If we're going to be a church that influences our city, influences the government, influences the school system, the political world, if we're going to be a church that influences the arts, the creative world, all over, we need to be a church that is always about service above security. With every eye closed, and every head bowed, maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't know about this God that you're talking about. In fact, maybe it's your first or second time with us. And maybe you're saying, Alex, I'm far from God. I hear you talking about this Jesus who carried a cross. and I hear you talking about a Savior who who did the ultimate sacrifice of laying down his life. But I'm far from God and I don't even know if God wants anything to do with me. Can I tell you, you are in the right place at the right time. God wants everything to do with you. Maybe you're looking at God and thinking of him as a judge with his arms crossed and mad and upset at you. But I want you to... See a different picture. I want you to see a heavenly father with his arms open, ready to embrace you, love you, forgive you, and give you life and life everlasting. The Bible says that sin, is separates us all from God. We are all sinners. We've all failed. We've all done wrong. And we're all in need of a savior. But God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to come. Jesus came and he grabbed my sin, your sin, all of our flaws, our mistake, our guilt, our shame. Jesus took it upon him. He went up on a cross and he gave his life for you and for me. On that cross he took the shame that we had. Religion says shame on you. Relationship with Jesus says shame off of you. Jesus carried it. He died on that cross. He went into a grave. Jesus was dead for three days, but after three days, he resurrected. He's alive. He's the answer. He's the hope of humanity. He's the answer that you've been searching for. The peace that you want, the hope that you need, the grace that you are looking for, it is all found in Jesus. It's not found in money, a car, a house, a relationship. It's not found in everything that you've been searching. Today, it is found in Jesus. Today, you can stop searching. The search is over. Jesus, he's here. And I believe that today is going to give you life and life everlasting. As the church is praying, eyes closed, head bowed. For privacy and concentration, in the auditorium, in the overflow, if you're listening, wherever you're at, I want to give you an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to count to three, and I believe at the count of three, hands are going to go up all over this place. You're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. I want a relationship with the God who created me. Today, he wants to come into your life and give you a brand new beginning. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. All I'm going to do is acknowledge you, and then you can put it right back down as the church is praying. One, Two, three. Raise your hands all over this auditorium. Raise it as high as you can. Come on, as high as you can. Lock that elbow. In the overflow as well. We got pastors. God bless you. 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 Amazing. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Here to my left. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. The best move ever. Congratulations. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Anybody else in the overflow, online or on the radio? God bless you back there as well. Come on, anybody believe that God is good? If you raise your hand or even if you didn't, deep down inside, you're still like, I I don't know if I should or if I shouldn't. You should. It's the best life ever. I'm going to say a simple prayer. In fact, all of us, we're going to repeat it out loud with everything that we got on the inside. I believe that God is here. The Bible says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Whenever I close, let's repeat this out loud. Those of you who raise your hand, God is here. And I believe he's about to come into your life and give you the life that you could never imagine. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I know that I'm healed I'm forgiven and I'm saved. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.